The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Walsh. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. And thank you for joining us again here at the AI Today podcast. We've been going strong. I keep saying, for those of you that have been coming back, we're almost hitting our our 200 episodes here in four years. But if you're new, we really do encourage you to look through our very long library of interviews from the past four years of great AI, as well as insights into the market. We've been spending quite a bit of time looking at how this AI market is evolving and, of course, how people are putting AI into production in various different industries. And as part of that, I am so thrilled to have as our guest today, Shravan Kasarla, who is the Chief Data Officer at Thrivent Financial, who will give us some insights into AI in the finance, financial services industry. So hi, Shravan. Thank you so much for joining us on AI Today. Thank you. Nice for nice to have me on the AI podcast. Happy to uh, go through and share some of my experiences and journey in how data and AI have been changing our world and have already been changing, but how they're going to be in the future. Yeah, we're so excited to have you. And for our listeners who were able to attend our Data for AI conference back in September 2020, we had you on a panel as well. So we're excited to get you back on the podcast for some updates and additional insights. So we'd like to start by first having you introduce yourself to our listeners, tell them a little bit about your background and your current role at Thrivent Financial. Thank you, Kathy. Uh, again, I've been a data guy for the last 25 years. So that's that's what I've been, I'm a But my goal of data Delivery, data, managing the data, architecting it, designing it has always been to impact a business outcome. Business outcome, whether it is to what we used to be calling analytics before or what we now started calling it more of AI and also machine learning. So this is always my journey has been to enable that business outcome. The biggest focus uh, of my uh, experience has been financial services over the last, uh, call it last 15 years. Uh, But I grew up more in a consulting world uh, where I had an opportunity to uh, really learn how, uh, how, in the sense, analytics and data are applied to the business, how they drive the business, not only operate the businesses, but also help understand where where the businesses are headed uh, in the consulting world, then e-commerce. And then from there, my journey has taken me to GE, more in the GE insurance arm of GE, from there to Mass Mutual Financial, where there is there has been a biggest impact of uh, that I could uh, I could I can uh, recall uh, about how some of the customer data capabilities have shaped the customer experience through much better prediction and uh, uh, capabilities that which would which would be more relevant uh, advice at the right time for the uh, customers. And uh, my journey further took me from there to Fidelity Investments, where I think I had a host of opportunity to really learn from some of the best in the industry when it comes to uh, data science, when it comes to machine learning, when it comes to data, Fidelity is 
definitely on the on the top of the uh, industry um, that continued uh, to be on the top of the industry. We'll definitely be referencing some of the uh, use cases uh, that have materialized at uh, Fidelity. And in my current role at the Thrivent over the little, a little uh, close to two years now, uh, my role brought me to uh, be the head of uh, uh, all of the data and analytics delivery. So that includes data engineering, that includes machine learning, that includes AI, but more in terms of really making a business more responsive and take the word of AI further and apply to that one as a responsive intelligence to the businesses. So that's that's my current role as chief data officer and head of uh, um, data and analytics delivery. Well, that's fine. It's fantastic. I think one of the great things we know about finance is finance has always been a heavy investor in information technology. I mean, basically, finance is information. <laughs> There's very little in the way of physical product. I mean, yeah, we have you know our cash and our coins and things like that, but but really, a lot of these trans everything that we do is is basically being intermediated by electronic and transformate transactions and data of all sorts. So extracting more information, more value from that data is is interesting. I'm surprised we haven't had the CDO and the Financial Services Organization way back in the 1970s, <laughs> 1970s. Um, but you know, I think this is really good insights. And in part of what I think our folks want to hear here on AI today, and what they heard at the Data for AI event that you did back in September, which um, has now become a community. You know, we, we, what we realized with these online events, we're in this online world, we're all spending way too much time on Zoom <laughs> and other chats, is that um, we had this five-day event that we did back in September, but it was pretty intense, about 122 sessions, I think it was. And what we realized that people wanted the ongoing conversation to learn about how data continues to be impacted by AI and also how AI depends on data in many ways that are, are really at the lower levels. And so we are now making Data for AI a regular community, which means monthly events, sessions between our featured events. And so we encourage all of our listeners here to join us at Data AI Conf, C-O-N-F, Dot com, which will redirect you into the events Cognolytica site, and you'll see both the past events that we've had as well as the upcoming ones. And at that last session, you talked a little bit about, shared with our audience, some of the patterns of AI that you are seeing that uh, is being applied in financial services industry. So maybe for our listeners here, maybe give them motivation to join us on the Data for AI community site. Can you provide some examples of AI is applied in finance and, you know, some of these different patterns. Thank you, Ron. I think thanks for uh, uh, drawing, drawing upon the uh, last conference, too. Uh, I'm glad I remember some of those things that I said there. So that's, I think, uh, that is that is a good sign. Uh, so the way that I see, I think, application of AI or application of machine learning is not significantly different than other industries. Let me Let me first draw the parallels and then identify the patterns. So the most used I see within, whether it is retail financial or in a retail industry is really being able to uh, predict, really being able to create propensity models. What segment of population that, uh, that you're going to will have a better propensity to do business with you? 
I think that is the most used AI. I call it, I think it's been progressively improving. Its accuracy is improving. The more data points that you put into that one, the more real time, when I say when I say real time, is as things happen, the freshness of the interactions, customer interactions and customer behaviors, customer digital journeys that you're able to be more able to bring it together, the better the propensity models are. So I think propensity modeling is one biggest thing is to identify the audience that you want to go to. So what for the business, right? I think end of the day, any the way that I believe in the financial industry, I think, as you know, everything will be, so what? What's the outcome? What's the outcome? It's not just about the internet companies that it's just bring the customers that eventually members will turn it into advertisement, but it's about what are they going to bring in? So I think that will be the most important thing you will try to see is propensity so that you're spending less on the prospecting piece and more on bringing them on board and offering them. That helps. The next one is really making that the best offer, whether it is the next best action or whether it is the relevant advice or relevant product that you're offering them. So that will be the second pattern I see is First is to identify the audience, then identify what is the best thing to be offered to their customer or the prospect. Let's call it prospect for a quick minute. I think in, in, a, in a marketing scenario, those two. But the next best action as a concept, as an umbrella term, would further go into as you're servicing. So as the customers are interacting, whether it is they're interacting with you on social media, interacting with electronic communications and calling the contact center or walking into one of your branches of the financial services branches or to the independent agents or the career agents. All of these interactions, they've never been brought together. Sure, agent knew about what the interaction had. The contact center had the interactions about, oh, why did customer call for servicing some policy others? But Along with that, we are all human, right? When we call, we are also talking about other things that are happening in our life, that which is the really the treasure trove. So mining all of that and now connecting these dots to come up with that next best action will be another big pattern that I see. One more pattern, and I want to probably not probably go on patterns, but can give more examples is, uh, another pattern that which is becoming more and more commonplace this is, uh, these days is really automation through AI. Automating the business processes. I think many other industries, so auto management, ordering, I think of Amazon showed us how they can connect and give the transparency and visibility to the moment you picked up something or even viewed something until you got it and also recommending you the next one, right? This recommendation models is, is, but all of that happened because of the instrumentation along and the automation that has been allowed so that you can get through next business process and next approvals without manual intervention. All of that with the right machine learning algorithm and the right data together are doing this. So that's how I see that these are the major patterns and financial services have many uh, uh, these are getting applied to more as not just to service, but also offer as digital services. 
That's great. You know, we always like to hear kind of where where people uh, see things in in perspective. Now, we also, you know, uh, said maybe can you share some examples specifically of how how you've applied this and maybe some of the benefits that you've received from right. applying AI. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, there are a couple of cases from uh, Fidelity that I would mention uh, that I had a I had an opportunity to be connected to. I would I would claim that I've done it directly, but I've seen in action is the really customer intent modeling. So AI at the level of scale uh, that has been uh, that has been deployed is. Combining all of this interaction, the concept is still the same. They come to the website, they've already been uh, gone to an agent or they sent a communication. Now they are calling the contact center. I mean, remember, contact center is the most expensive channel of communication. End of the day, there is a person on the back that who is talking and they need to spend some time and answer that. And there is emotions on both sides. So what can be best in trying to see why is this customer called? Predicting the intent, that is one, one big area that, uh, again, that's, that's been applied and seen successful is really modeling their customer intent. For instance, they've gone on the website, realty.com in this case, and then try to change their password and, and unsuccessful and they're calling. You already know you don't want to waste their time about asking about all kinds of things that try to sell something fix the password issue, help them with the password. Uh, so give the rep indication that a customer is likely calling about this, resetting the password. Or they've done a transaction on the site and now they they browsed 529 plan. Oh, and a customer called either immediately or the next time they call to see that maybe a kind of part of the conversation should be about the 529 plan or some kind of a college savings plan. Related ones. I think that is that's same things you can see many financial institutions now trying to make that relevant advice or even turn that into more of a next best action and waiting, regardless of which channel they come through and when I mean, for a period of for a reasonable period of time that they come back to contact either agent or to walk into a branch or on a mobile app that they opened a mobile app that you're able to now present that option, present that advice. So that's the most way that, uh, uh, that is definitely a significant way that I've seen it applied. That's great. You know, one thing that I love about the interviews is that we always get people from such diverse backgrounds and they're able to bring so much, you know, from the current industry that they're in, but just like you, where you've had a long career that spans, you know, many different industries and and sectors. So you're able to bring a lot of different perspectives into this. Looking broadly, where do you see the financial services industry and its adoption of AI compared to other industries? Uh, uh, sorry, can you repeat that, uh, Kathleen? Sure. Uh, so, you know, looking broadly, where do you see the financial services industry in its adoption of AI compared to other industries? Thank you. Yeah, I, I think you know, on a scale, if you see that, probably financial services is somewhere in the middle. I would still call it is still 
There are two reasons. One of the, I, I see the industry that, uh, the industry segment that which is most advanced in terms of use of AI is retail, without question. Because there is, it's always about the segment of one. They've been able to perfect that down to a person, a lot of personalization, a lot of uh, buying behavior and that information available more easily. More frequent interactions are possible in the retail world than in a financial services. But even within the financial services, the retail side of the financial services, which do direct to consumer, like the credit cards, and also some of the day-to-day uh, -day banking. These are the areas that there is most opportunity and most application of AI is coming. But yes, granted that there is more in the retail world, but more high return on investment is growing in the financial services in advice business. So it's not about a transaction. It's not about a policy. It's not about a credit card that somebody has opened. It's not about just a bank account and a little bit of fees that we get. It's about that long-term advice relationship that you're able to create and personalizing that advice and also offering really at the right time, the right type of product. And that's where I see more and more of AI moving. Yes, one is about an agent providing the advice, which is the most expensive. Again, that's not AI necessarily, but they're augmented by some of the uh, AI, uh, some of the power of the AI to connect the interactions, but more of a robo advice. I think that's where the ultimate uh, ground of AI I see. Now you start going towards, I wouldn't call it robotics necessarily, but you're taking to the level of uh, that it is the um, natural language processing NLP, and you're, you're using a lot, of the, uh, a lot of the power of the compute to make that happen, is that it's able to interact and respond. I think that's where I see there where the financial services is going to have the biggest impact is to bring that kind of advice, which is normally not easy or accessible to an average investor to through a robo advice uh, and through an automated and AI powered advisor advisor that which is behind the scene that can provide the most. So that's where I see it. Yeah. So, um, you know, that's really very insightful because, uh, we, you know, the robo-advisor is something we've been looking at for a while. Like people want customized advice, but they also sometimes prefer to get that automated. Mm -hmm. so, so that has definitely been, been getting a big impact. Um, that's really one way in which AI has been really helping. I know one of the things you've been really looking at yourself is looking at this idea of the responsive mm -hmm. business and creating customer-relevant best actions and recommendations. So can you, can you talk a little bit about that from the AI perspective? How does AI fit in to this picture of the responsive business? Thank you, Ron. I think you, you, you asked a question that which is very close to my heart. The concept of responsive business and the concept of responsive intelligence. I would love to talk about that. I think Kathleen probably knows from my previous interactions as well. Uh, Simply put, responsive businesses, a business that which is able to respond to customer needs or the business or the partner needs using data and AI at the right time 
and they're at the right place of their choosing. So that's what I call it as a responsive business. And one of the key foundations for responsive business is knowing and being able to triangulate or connect all of this interactions and data in many forms. So having a frictionless data flow will be that foundation. Let's call it that, consider that as a data highway. You need to have a data highway that where data is coming in, data is being consumed by anybody who needs that one. And as an example, if you take that, a customer uh, interacts with us and uh, a customer of ours already that just uh, uh, applied for another and they're applying for insurance policy. They had a term life insurance. Now they're applying for a whole life insurance. Normally that goes through a significant underwriting process. But uh, the biggest thing that customer and also the advisor that who worked with uh, that customer would want to know is what happened? What's the decision? Did they get approved? Did we now connect? Did we know about their either, either can we, has it gone through automated underwriting or do they have to do medical exam? Whatever the reasons that it has happened that as it moves through this chain and life cycle, that everybody is getting informed continuously so that the right messages can be given. That is one example of in a, in a, in a responsive business is everybody is getting informed about that piece of information that they that is relevant to them. So that's one, one way that the responsive intelligence or responsive business comes in. Another example of where even further AI's application is when, when, a, uh, when a, a prospect Say we, we have made an advertisement on Facebook and somebody put their submitted Facebook form about their information. They're interested in dealing with, say, variable annuity or mutual funds. They submitted that and then immediately what uh, that data is being taken, evaluated to see whether they're existing customer or not. And then immediately that data goes through and gets to uh, there is a call going out to uh, there's a call going out to the uh, customer if they provided information and followed by an email or a text whatever that they chose their preference or options are. All of this happens only when the data is continuously flowing. But it didn't just drop there. What if they nobody picked up because no who picks up a phone from an unidentified number, right? Normally we don't pick up, and some people do pick up when they submitted. They know that. But being able to take that and now further go into creating an appointment on agent's calendar or as an event on agent's calendar, and then follow the customer along in the digital world and connecting the dots. So being able to now continue to connect the dots using the data and being able to respond so that you can make that they asked for this product, but they went came to our website after that and they they browsed and they went to a different sections. So based on that one and based on the life stage uh, the, the, that they're in, if this might be the best offer, offer or best content to put in front of them. That's how I would see the responsive intelligence coming to bear. And uh, one quickly, another example will be in an existing customer, they have been our customer for a long time, but there is a life even change that we know of. It's not necessarily that the significant enough that they called, but it's significant enough from really giving them the right advice to bring them the financial clarity that they need, that we are able to, at their next interaction, give them the right suggestion or a nudge to consider 
that next step that they need to take in their financial journey. I think that's that's what I consider responsive intelligence and power of data continuously flowing with ML and AI applied. Yeah, thank you for that overview. I know that you are very passionate about this and it's kind of, you know, that responsive business is creating customer relevant best actions, recommendations, really getting to know them and, you know, helping helping guide them along the way. So, um, you know, being responsive. So I, I like that a lot. And I know that you've talked about this and written about it. So we'll link to some of that in the show notes as well. But I'd like, you know, this was an incredible podcast and we've enjoyed having you. And I always like to ask this question um, as a final note to all of our guests. What do you believe the future of AI is and its application to organizations and beyond? That is that is a big question, uh, Kathleen. I think what, what cannot be done by AI is what we need, where we need to start. I think even a few years ago, even less than 10 years ago, we have never thought that uh, uh, the way that we are seeing apps and then subsequently everything being predicted and suggested to us, we never would have even imagined. Now, just based on the location, based on what our what we are doing, our activity, I mean, I thought, I, I called this, I equated that to my responsive business, right? Now think about a responsive world, the world that which is continue to respond to your needs without you even telling. Sure, there is a creepy factor to it, but there is a convenience factor, there is a much productivity factor, and there's an overall human good uh, that is going to be, uh, I mean, that's what I believe in that ultimately, AI is gonna make human lives more comfortable, more convenient, more productive, so that we can all focus on what is more important to us in our lives. It's augmented intelligence. I continue to see that. I know we want to call it artificial intelligence. I really call this, I think we are probably diminishing the value in one way calling it artificial because it's becoming more and more human. I think if you have seen in recent times that uh, even in Marketing 5.0, the book by Philip Kotler, talking about technology for humanity. It's becoming, I think, a lot of these actions and a lot of things that we are using the knowledge and information around is actually helping. It's not and nothing, uh, not only that it's stopping it, making a, making a quick uh, uh, profit for a business, but even to predict the pandemic that how far this will go and identify the areas before without much more quickly about how things are progressing, how there could be potential unrest in the areas and how we could reach out to an area before any problem happens using sensors and IOTs. I think there are unlimited possibilities uh, that we should continue to augment and uh, make, make human life more comfortable. That's why I see the impact of AI. Well, that that's great. That's why we like to ask. Everybody sees... Something a little bit different. <laughs> I mean, not, not that, you know, contradictory to see some people talk about autonomous vehicles and some people talk about chatbots and some people talk about more mundane things, predictive analytics. But everybody's got a great perspective on it. And that's why we've asked this question now a hundred and some odd times, you know, <laughs> across all of our interviews. 
And the answers are different. So I want to tell all of our podcast listeners out there, you should go back and listen to all the answers from all of the interviewees that we've had from uh, uh, Colin Angle, founder of iRobot. He answered that question. Uh, also, Ben Gertzel, SingularityNet. He answered the question. Uh, we have uh, MIT researchers and Harvard professors, uh, as well as people at GlaxoSmithKline and at Ford. And it's just so interesting uh, people's perceptions and everybody generally has been very positive. Of course, you know, they're here on the AI Today well, podcast. That is, that is great. <laughs> and again, it brings back my memories back to when I went to school as a mechanical engineer. Uh, but what my dream was to really combine AI and robotics, and that's what was my electives. Mm. Okay. That's what I did a project back then was more on industrial robots. So if you kind of take that to further out to now bringing it to impacting human life through not just robotics, right? Everyday lives augmented through this intelligence. So the, 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 the fact that many of those great uh, luminaries talked about how, uh, whether it is the uh, autonomous vehicles, whether it is the spot type of robots like Boston Dynamics and others are making that medical fields and everything it can help. Absolutely, I think all of these are applications of it. I see that the power is going to come from the data and the algorithms. So being a data guy, I try to stay away from some of that futuristic ones in that, in that way. But I see that data analytics are the ones that which are going to continue to power with the mechanical pieces of that one. That's good. Well, um, we like this idea of augmented intelligence. We've talked about it a bunch. It's great that um, people in the finance and uh, industry are, are th talking about it as well. Because I think we always want to make sure the human is still in the loop. Because at the end of the day, we're still here on this planet. we got to work with each other. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> got to help each other out. So uh, thank you, Shravan, so much for joining us on the AI Today podcast and sharing your awesome insights with our community. Thank you, Ron. Thanks, Kathleen. And uh, thanks, uh, Cognitive Teka, for uh, uh, giving this opportunity. And I hope uh, the users are going to like what I have to say and love the feedback, good, bad, indifferent. I think that's where we can all interact and learn from each other. Thank you. Great. Yes. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I will make sure to put your LinkedIn profile in our show notes so that if anybody wants to reach out, they know how to get a hold of you. So, you know, thank you. This has been an incredible podcast. And listeners, if you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, please make sure to rate us on iTunes, Google, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform. As always, we'll post any articles and concepts discussed in the show notes. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you at the next podcast. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at Cognolitica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group and make sure to join the Cognolitica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page, and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyrighted by Cognolytica, all rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. 
As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.